You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, and just overall lover of basketball. What you got for me, Isaac? Lover of basketball. You know who I love more than the game of basketball, and that's Dirk Nowitzki. LeBron James. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> So, did you get to listen to Dirk on the fan today? I got. I listened to a little bit of it today. I didn't listen to a lot, but I listened. Okay. To, I, I heard him say that there was a former draft pick that said that he was a uh, <laughs> that he was a gym rat and would go into the gym early. And Dirk would be like, "Man, like I'm seeing this guy in the gym early. Like, good for him." But then he would go in the locker room or the bathroom, and he'd find him like asleep. <laughs> Taking a nap. Taking yeah. a nap. And I was trying for the hardest time trying to figure out who it was. <laughs> AJ Hammond. No. Just, oh, no. Uh, I think he said he was a first round pick. <laughs> no, I was going to mention a few of the things. Um, it's on the Ben and Skin podcast. They tweeted out. I think yeah. I retweeted mm-hmm. also. And go on there and listen to it. It's good. The, like, second half of it, he talks about, like, family stuff and being a dad. And it's his diet and super funny. He talked about going on vacation, how he, he like, gained 15 pounds in like one vacation because he just they he, they asked him about his workouts with Holger and they're like you were one of the first guys to like actually come into the league with a player development coach you know and not just get one from a team something like that to have your own they're like what's the difference between your workouts with Holger now than the ones that they, you had when you were first coming out in the draft and he said they're just the same they're just a lot slower <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Like he's doing the exact same drills and stuff, but it's slower. This is slower. Uh, I was just gonna mention a few things he said on the fan. Um, one was he said he only took one to two weeks off last summer. That's just that's just insane. Just that. Yeah. His off season was literally just one to two weeks last summer, and he got right back in the gym and working out and all this stuff at his age, uh, just to play the game of basketball. He made a joke about the Mavericks draft pick and how it's like, every time it feels like we have a good shot at a good pick, we always slip down. We always <laughs> fall. Um, he talked about Doncic some. Uh, you know, Ben, I mean, Scan or whoever the crap asked him. He's talking about EuroLeague and, you know, and they just straight up asked him about what he thought about Doncic. And, um, you know, some players are kind of, you know, don't know how – they might not talk about a prospect directly or whatever it is. And he did talk about Luca and he admitted that, Hey, I haven't talked about him a ton. I mean, I haven't seen him a ton. I haven't seen like a ton of full games, you know, something like that. He praised him a lot, but he also, and I found this like interesting, however you want to take it. He also made a point to bring up. He said, I don't think he could play the one. I think he's going to take some adjustment athletically, like what we everyone says like they're worried about, and him guarding players in the NBA. It's going to be a little different. And how, you know, he just brought that up. And I thought that was uh, interesting, whatever you want to think about it. And uh, But he couldn't praise him enough, too. I mean, he praised him more than that, you know, more yeah. than the one weakness and all that stuff. But 
he did talk about KG and Gary Payton being like two of the biggest trash talkers and all that stuff. But to segue into our podcast today, hmm. after he praised Luca, he said he thinks it's clear that DeAndre Ayton will go number one overall. Oh, speaking of which, today we are doing our draft profile of DeAndre Bartholomew Cornelius Ayton. We are talking all about him. This is what we go through. We do this the same sort of format for all of these uh, draft profiles, which, by the way, thanks to one of our loyal listeners, Mark Cuban, and also everybody else out there, yesterday was the most listened to, most downloaded day in Lockdown Mavericks history. Uh, so thank you. Just thank you to everybody listening right now. All the day ones, uh, the most people ever that has ever listened to this podcast, Isaac, got to listen to me ruin 13 Reasons Why Season 2 for them. And <laughs> shout out to your boy who got mad at you. Like, you had a legit guy that, like, DM'd you and got upset about it. <laughs> yeah. It great. is kind of funny that you didn't think that was a popular show because I told one of my best friends, I was at this, like, church meeting today, and I told him what you did. And we're, like, in the middle of the meeting, and I show him the picture you sent me of the DM. And I was like, look at this. I was like, he ruined this show. And we're, like, during the meeting, and he just starts laughing. He's bro, that's on my, like, queue on Netflix. Like, I'm ready to watch it. Like, he's all excited. And so it's funny it's, that. I, okay, if, you, if you've actually watched the show, it didn't really – what I said didn't really even ruin it that much. The whole time you're thinking, this thing's going to happen, this thing's going to happen. And then the thing that I said happens. And so it didn't really ruin a ton. Also, it's just not a very good. It's not. A, it shouldn't have had a second season. Like a lot of people believe, the first season of the show shouldn't even have existed. And so if that shouldn't even have existed, then the second season definitely shouldn't have existed. It's just the idea of of creating a show around one event and then trying to like stretch it because it was so popular. Uh, but anyway, so I apologize to anybody that I ruined the show for. I don't. I didn't mean to ruin the show for you, but. It, <laughs> It didn't that that part I don't think was as huge of a spoiler as you think if you're watching right now. Anyway, this is what we do for our draft profiles. We go through strengths, weaknesses, talk about the availability of the player. We go through their ceiling and floor as far as what type of player, uh, what level of, of play we think they're going to eventually get to, whether they could be an all star, role player, all that stuff. We give an NBA comparison for these guys, uh, future role, roster impact, uh, second round pick pairing. This is something we've added this year. For, uh, for these guys, you have the 34th pick as well as the 55th pick, and we're going to talk about guys that could also be added to this guy. So a certain pairing between you know Aiton and then another guy, which, which would make the most sense. And then we end with why the Mavs should take him and why the Mavs should not take him. Today we are doing DeAndre Aiton, Isaac. Let's start with strengths, but let's take a quick break first. All right, DeAndre Aiden. Ooh. He, man, this dude is something else. He's seven foot with a uh, seven five wingspan. He's 250. So we're not looking at like, <laughs> this is not a Nerlens Noel, Mo Bamba. Like, dude needs to add weight. Like, he's got. Stop putting those two names together. He's, he's, he's got. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> he's got. He's going to add Tayshaun Prince to it, too. Or... Kevin Durant. <laughs> so keep on going. Or... He's got the weight now. I mean, he, he is. I mean,. Gosh, just Google DeAndre Aiden and look at him. He is he's he's a man right now. More- I mean, I'm trying to think of the the best way to say it. Like he he has the best body, like um <laughs> the best I mean he has the most like chiseled body frame that you Tell me more, Isaac. Mm. That- <laughs> Crack open a bottle of wine first. Uh, um that 
I mean, I, guys, Isaac's what, turning beet red right now. <laughs> <laughs> that we can, like, I can't even remember a guy that I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm <laughs> yeah, the guy is, he's, he's just now. super built, and strength is a is a big thing for him. Uh, just he's got these physical tools, man. Like, I was writing the uh, the profile for him for for Mavs Moneyball, and one of the big things that I said as far as uh, strength for him is. He's not known for defense, but he has all the tools to be to be great defensively. And so when you ask about the tools, when people say, "Oh, he's got all the tools. He's got all the physical tools." What does that what does that even mean? Well, to me, it means he's got the length, like 7 feet, 7-5 wingspan. He's got the strength. I mean, if you just look at the guy, you look at him flex, you look at him after a a dunk or something and he's just like all jacked up. He really is jacked. <laughs> he's got really quick feet, too. He slides really well. He's he's not a guy that He's not a seven-footer where you look at him and go, man, that dude like can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Uh, and agility, too, just to be able to uh, change directions really quick, to be able to – I mean, he's just a, a freak athlete, really. Uh, and so that that's just – that's probably the biggest strength to me. Uh, and then touch around the basket is such a, is a really big thing for him. Uh, he just – he dominated a lot of uh, smaller, smaller players and smaller centers in college, so I think that's going to be a little bit of a, a transition for him for sure. But just – I mean, dominating around, he can dribble. Like if he's if he gets the ball on the free throw line, he can dribble to the basket. He can do that kind of stuff. And then he's got a pretty good jumper too. I mean, he shot thirty four percent from three in uh, in college. He took exactly one three per game at Arizona, so not a ton of sample size from three. But that mid range is definitely there. So he he's gonna be able to stretch it out to NBA three in in one or two years or something in the NBA with a couple off seasons under his belt. I have. In my strengths notes, I have in all caps. He will feast in the mid court jumpers, like the in like the mid post jumpers. He, his ability, his his shot, and what's crazy about of him being so big, the seven foot, the you know jacked up, the everything with it is his shot's not like an Ogowskis. It's not like a Mark Gasol. It's an actual jump shot. Like, yeah. He's seven foot, and it's an actual jump shot, and he's got good form. He he's like and, Towns I mean, in he, that way. It, he, Towns when he first came out, and even now they run him off like screens and stuff. Like they run these plays for Towns where he can just run around a screen, turn a corner, and take a shot. Like Aiton is going to be able to do that too. Yeah, and that's what I'm looking through my notes to try to find, make sure I'm not like redundant of all the things you said. Nice touch in the paint. I mean that his ability to post up and body his body he can body anybody in the paint rebound elite rebounding just like Bagley Bamba like as yeah, far as yeah. different style of rebounder but like he has that brute force in him his low post moves are pretty pretty dang polished for um for being a freshman in college and pulling out some synergy stuff for you in uh on on synergy, he had a he had 174 possessions that he got the ball in the post, and he had a he had a 1.05 points per possession. Which, and on synergy, they they hand out ratings like excellent, average, yeah, yeah. very good, bunch of different stuff like that. He ranked in the 90 percent of that excellent rating. Uh, you know, that's the most possess. You know, that's the most play that he had possessions wise in in college and. Just on the post, I mean, he he's he's a monster. Everything with that, he's also a good post defender. So we're going to talk about his defense, I'm sure, here in a little bit. But in the post, when you look at his, his stats, especially through synergy, like you can see, like his 
his post stats, I mean post defending stats against other big men, they they actually look pretty pretty good when you start looking at points possession and all that different stuff like that. But he something that I think is underrated for him. He's a he's a good passer out of the post. Yeah, he has really yeah, good vision. Sure. A lot of teams obviously we try to double team him, and you know all that different stuff. He's a good passer out of the double team. He has good vision with that. And here's something else that we're going to mention over and over again. It's kind of like Bagley, but I think it's worse for Aiton in the fact that he played power forward. He played with another big yeah. man. Ristic, this big white dude for Arizona, was there like five. He played so much of the four, he won the Carl Malone yeah. Award. Okay. So yeah. like he won the best power forward and and he's not a power forward. He's a seven foot center. He's gonna play center in the league. So my point is we've hammered home how great he is in that mid-range, in the post, and all this different stuff. He's gonna have more room to operate in the in the league. He had he he excelled so much in college, and that was with another seven footer down on the yeah. low post on the other side that allowed his that defender to come over on him. Now he's going to get into the league, and they're probably and I'm going to ask you this question a little bit later on, like what what type of four will be the best for him in the league? But if if he goes to a team that they put a stretch for, like they should, I mean, that's all day. I mean, you can play five out then. You get you get a stretch four. You can play five yeah. out with him, or you can play four out and him inside. I mean, you can do either of those things. The defense, he's, he's, the defense. I I, this, I think that we can put this in a strength, but because he played with with a four, people always say his his defensive instincts just aren't there and all this. And I wonder how much of that. And I, I'm not the one to be able to to speak to this, but how much of that is he playing out of position? Like this is going to sound super dumb, maybe, but. In uh, NBA 2K League, they talk about how power forward is the hardest position to play because you're not like the rim protector. You're not really the guy. Like you are sometimes, but then you also have to defend in space sometimes. You have to defend jump shooters. You have to defend like all these random different you know archetypes. And I wonder if that's the same for for like a college power forward that should be a center too. Like, but the guy was just so good. And then they had this center and rustic that they they felt like they had to play as well. They're not going to bench that guy. He's been there four years. And so they just decided to play him at play eight and at four, and maybe he's like, "Dang, like I, I'm, I'm in college now. I'm doing this, and I was not really that good at defense anyway. Now all of a sudden I'm out of position, and what do I do? <laughs> you know, like yeah. I am here now. What do I do? So I wonder how much of that. I mean, he he averaged almost two blocks a game. <laughs> so you look at that, and you're like, man, that that's something. Uh, and he got, I mean, the highlights. If you well, you watch the highlights of him just swatting shots away, it's it's definitely there, but. Uh, he could have done. He probably could have done a lot more if he was in the right positions and stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm gonna touch on his defense when it comes to weaknesses because there's definitely a weakness in in a tight in his. There's an area of his defense, but two other really quick things with his strengths. He's very he's very smart with his positioning in the post on like, offense. On offense, and that's something that not a lot of people look at and think about, but like. There are numerous times he gets down the court, gets his position, plants his foot, spins around, and you know it's like give me the ball. And now, and granted, here's the thing: he he did not have the best of guards to get him the ball. Yeah. So that's something else too. I mean, he had Alonzo Trier. He's gonna probably maybe be a second round pick, but he missed some of the season a little bit. And yeah, and the other guard, I'm I, don't know, I forgot the guy's name. He'd probably Alkins too. 
Yeah, Raleigh Aukman's on the wing also, and they had another like smaller point guard that kind of just sucked at getting in the ball sometimes. But <laughs> throwing shade. <laughs> but you know, something they else I think something else I think is underrated for him that most people that you look at his size and you're like, man, like these guys can't handle the ball, and he can handle the ball. Like, yeah, I even I even tweeted out um, this gift tonight. I was looking at, I was watching a bunch of the fast break. I was watching pretty much. Well, I was, really was watching every fast break possession he had in college. <laughs> and it was just a running clips of him. And the him, you know, it's not all him just taking off and running with it. He would get the ball a lot on the run. But that the gif I tweeted out tonight is he gets the ball probably around half court and then he just takes off <laughs> dribbling. I know there's no one around. He's not like going behind his back and everything. But he's 250, seven foot, seven foot one. And he goes in and dunks it on like two dudes on a breakaway and that's the type of stuff that, I mean, you just don't see, you don't see, you see guys with seven foot two fifty guys being able to do that no. in in the league. So and that that's that's the uh, uh, plenty of underrated things about his game. We could go all day about his strengths, but yeah, there's there's ton, tons of strengths for him for sure. Um, moving on now to the weaknesses. Um, this is from uh, the Steppian. I just thought it was really good. I quote, I quoted this exactly in the uh, the profile I did for Maps Moneyball. Despite his immense physical tools, his steal and block rates uh, are some of the worst for a lottery center in recent history. Some of that is due to Arizona's scheme and playing out of position, but the numbers are emblematic of a, of larger IQ concerns. And I think the IQ concern is more of just defensive IQ. Not a reactive or aware help defender doesn't rotate to the rim on penetration misses backline rotation seems a step slow in processing what is going on around him and reacting. So to me, I think some of that is what they said, play, you know, Arizona scheme and playing out of position. He's introduced this new defensive scheme and then all of a sudden now he's even out of position. So that there's just kind of two strikes against him. Uh, I think he could be taught defense, but where do you see him as far as defense with our, our conversation about Bagley yesterday? Yeah, it's so, it's a little bit different for Aiden because to where I view Bagley as more of a clean slate and he had a good ability, in my opinion, to be able to gain that and get coached into that because he's a little bit more, I think he's, in my opinion, I think he's a little bit more laterally quick, quicker and can be coached into that. Yeah, for sure. Aiden, for me, when especially looking at a lot of his numbers, is it's, it all comes down to what happens when the other team, they're going to do one thing with DeAndre Ayton. They're going to get the ball to their best ISO guy, and they're going to run a pick and roll. And they're going to bring him up to the top. And in college, when you look at those numbers, I'm looking at them right now, that's one of his biggest areas that he ranked, like, not the greatest in. Like, overall pick and roll, man, like, this is defense in the pick and roll. He was average. Pick and pop, average. Even in the pick and roll, when the guy slips the pick, he's average. Like, and there's a, some of these categories where he's like a poor. Like, if it's on the right side, he's he's poor. Like points per possession, like one point six. There's a one point oh eight. You know, like, so, some of those are some of those are huge. And I watched a lot of those. You know, synergy allows you to watch these possessions, and I watched a lot of these possessions, and and he just sometimes he's just not quick enough. He's just not quick enough to get over the screen, through the screen, get to the other guy. He gets blown past. You know, sometimes if he does get out there, they go right past him. And 
So that that's the thing that you just have to wonder how the team is going to run a defensive system with him. And in my opinion, I think you run it like you you have to force Aiton to be an anchor as far as you need to surround him with four athletes that can play. And this is just my opinion. That the way you're going to maximize him defensively is you surround him with four athletes, four shooters, but four Athletes that can maybe switch to some, some whatever, but that can play up on the defender and funnel them, kind of you know, funnel them to the middle. Yeah, like what the uh, thirteen fourteen uh, Pacers did with Roy Hibbert. Roy Hibbert, and, and what the Jazz do kind of now with Gobert. Like you funnel them yeah, into right. the middle. Not saying he's going to block them every time, but you funnel, you play up tight, funnel them in to where he can, you know, he has that impact on the shot, on the play, and all that stuff. That's where I think he's going to be the best at. If you don't do that and you're going to, you're going to force him to switch, I think you're going to have some problems with that. And then you just it's kind of like pros and cons. Does the pros outweigh the cons and in his higher upside and all that stuff? Yeah, like we say one of his strengths and one of his physical tools is quick feet, but there's a difference between like side to side speed and then just quick feet. Like quick feet is you doing a couple steps, but the side to side speed, I mean, Marvin Bagley has him on that for sure. So where whereas Marvin Bagley is probably probably has a better chance at the next level to be able to defend in space where you're defending what Isaac said those, you know, pick and rolls where you are switched onto now a, a ball handler, a guy that is running the pick and roll. I think Bagley is going to be able to be to at least physically and athletically and in tools and tools wise or tooly he'll be able to uh to get that a little bit easier than Aiden who's a little bit I mean gosh not even close to a plotting center but more plotting than than Bagley is and that's yeah and, and I was gonna add something to you know a lot of people focus on and I'm just I'm throwing some stats out here you know me I'm I'm more of an eye test. You're throwing stats. so much stats out today. I, I have we switched places. I don't know. What's going <laughs> have on we right switched now. places? But well, I just really I, you know, with Aiton, we just kind of we just put him in that top three, and you know, I I mean, just admitting it. I mean, I've watched more stuff on Bamba and Bagley and all these, you know, the guys that we've had we have in this more of a range. So I dug a little bit deeper into Aiton to see why more in that top two to three besides the physicality and stuff like that and something else in college that he ranked kind of lower in and it's offensively and it's something that you kind of need and want is the pick and roll and he had 88 possessions in this is him offensively playing offensively yes playing the role man and and synergy is the he had in the average rating He's they scored thirty nine percent of the time, a point nine points per possession. So like, out of the eighty eight possessions that he was a pick and roll man, they scored eighty points. And they you know they break it down into different categories. The pick and pop, he was just average. It, the the pick and rolls, twenty five percent of the time he rolled to the basket. He was he's below average in that. And one of the things just, one of the things with that, like I agree with you with that. that that's kind of concerning, but. I say kinda. I, it, I'm not. I'm not like planting a flag on that. Right. It, it's kind of concerning, but you look at. I mean, he's playing with another five, <laughs> so you you run a pick yeah. and roll, and all of a sudden you're running into some other guy's dude because he's just standing there in the paint because he can't stretch the floor. 
uh, or maybe that got cancerous before. I haven't really watched him that much, but the uh, then uh, you have we talked about his guards earlier. He didn't have the best guards, so you put guards with him. You have guys that can actually space the floor. I mean, playing him with Dirk, and if Dirk's standing out in the corner or on the wing or on yeah. the top of the key, like he's got that space, and Dirk's pulling that you know the five or the four out of the paint. Uh, I feel like th- those definitely go up, and he's got a guard that can actually get it to him. I think feel like that's going to be different. Uh, he also doesn't set the best screens, and so I wonder if that was just sort of the. Uh, <laughs> I'm in college one year and I got paid a hundred thousand dollars to be here and I already got my money. They paid in cash because it was illegal. And so now I'm here and now I'm not going to set the best screens. And the, and this is something too. And, and is this the coach or is this Deandre Ayton settling for a who jump gave shot? him the money? Where no, did they no, no, leave? No. Where did they leave the bag of cash? Okay. So he had eight, those 88 possessions that he ran the pick and roll. I think it was a Buffalo wild wings is where they left the cash. Guess how many of the 88 possessions he did a pick and pop. Ooh, I would guess uh, like 10%, like eight. 63 out of the 88. No, wow. 63 out of the 88 possessions was a pick and pop. You know how many of them were rolls to the basket? 22. Yeah, I had that flipped. So like that, like, is that a coach decision because he can hit that shot? Or is that a him giving him the ability to make that decision and he's falling in love with the jump shot of saying, I want the three, I want the 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 two pointer instead of, hey, you are a massive specimen, yeah. get underneath the basket. So we don't know that. I just thought that was interesting. Or because of the personnel. You have that five and so you're not gonna run a pick and rolls, you run into a guy, so you run a pop. That makes you, a lot of yep. sense. Look at yeah. you with your numbers making hey, stuff make sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got anything else on weaknesses? I, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, you said the block and steal numbers, whatever. Yeah. Defense is the whole whole thing with that. And, you know, he played forward, college, just all that different stuff. But, yeah, his his main weakness is wherever he goes, what type of defensive system they will run. And that could determine how much, like, he – how much flack he gets immediately in the league. We joke about how Aiton shares his own highlights all the time. Do you see that as a weakness, a strength, or nothing? No, I don't care about that. <laughs> you don't if, care. I, if I was doing the things he was doing, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> I don't care. The video he shared on Instagram that I put in the uh, the Moneyball post is kind of funny to me because it's like <laughs> – it's like this montage and highlight reel of him doing all these crazy things. And then there's announcers that are edited in there too. That is like, he's a physical specimen. Look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine if somebody's talking about you like that. No one's ever said that about me though. He, he posted one video. It was on his Twitter or Instagram or something to where it's just like him in open gym. And it's like only like five seconds to where he runs and he does this like reverse windmill Vince Carter type dunk. <laughs> And it's like right before he dunks it, the video goes off. But he has like a 43, 44 inch vertical for being seven foot, Jeez. 250. That's, it's just what he does. It's just unfair. But unfair. Uh, st- another strength that I'll add before we move on is uh, he's a deal maker. 100K. <laughs> That's what's it. up. All right. Stop. Let's move on to uh, his availability, his ceiling floor, and then let's give some. Uh... Actually, here we go. Coming up next, we will tell you. <laughs> How DeAndre Ayton could be the next All NBA player, or he could be a complete bust. Dun 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 dun. All right, Isaac. Availability. No. Before. <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, before Phoenix hired their coach, 
whose fir- whose <laughs> firstborn son's name is Luca. I thought it was guaranteed that he was going to go to uh, to Phoenix. It just seemed like a match made in heaven. Arizona guy staying staying in Arizona. Uh, but now it doesn't really seem like the case. Then all of a sudden now reports coming out that Sacramento might even pass on Luca to pick an American big, uh, whatever that means. <laughs> I mean, Aiden is from the Bahamas, but I still think he's, I feel like he's still in that category of American big. Yeah. I don't know. It, he's not, yeah, gonna, he's not going to be there. He's not gonna be there five. And I mean, I, I switch. I think he'll go one now over Luca, but um, if he doesn't go there, Sacramento will take him. He'll go one or two. Yeah. I mean, at the craziest, farthest possibility, three at Atlanta. But yeah, I think I think I still have him. I think I have him going one to Phoenix now. Uh, yeah. After we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I heard a uh, a Woj pod. I, it was actually a Ryan Russillo pod with Woj on it. Uh, and there's there's some stuff about Luca that I was like, oh, interesting. And so we'll talk about that in our Luca pod. So teaser. How about okay. that? How about that? Ceiling and floor for him. I think ceiling all NBA. I mean, he. I could definitely see him on a couple all NBA teams. He's. Uh, he could be one of those guys. I guess like a Towns before they got Butler, but or he's just putting up these like gaudy numbers, and you don't really pay attention to the defensive side because most of the national writers aren't watching him because he, <laughs> you know, because he's like not on these national stage games, and so they're like, dang, and then they all vote him in uh, before his team gets good, and then you're like, oh man, he's kind of exposed on that end, but ceiling i think all nba multiple time all nba like really great his i'm gonna lump this together ceiling and nba comp he is demarcus cousins to me yep yeah it's the same comp i have that's i mean cousins with longer wingspan he has like five or six inches on cousins and less disgruntled yeah like what cousins what Cousins have done has done in his career. That's what I think. I mean, Aiden. Aiden has the possibility to be better defensively. Yeah. Because of the longer wingspan, he, you know, just a little bit. He, ha- he I would say, he's a little bit more athletic For sure. than than Cousins. You know, even going back to what I was saying with their jump shots a while ago. You know, Cousins has more of a set shot. Aiden doesn't. You know, just small things like that. But he has the ability to be better than Cousins. But what Cousins has done in his career, from All Stars to his stats, I mean. Like if you tell me Aiden averaged twenty five and fifteen, I'm like, okay, I see it. The question is that I'll propose later on of the at the very end as far as can you win a title with a cousins type as your five, Ooh. and that's what you have to decide. Those are the tough questions, Isaac. That's the hard that that's the hardest one. Or do you even care? But yeah, ceiling floor exactly everything you said. All NBA multiple time loss. I'll do the same thing as you, and I'll put the uh, the floor with my NBA comparison. I have another comparison. If if Aiton doesn't pan out as good or as well as we we hope that he's going to, or as well as he projects, uh, I still think his floor is like Al Jefferson, where Al Jefferson had like a seven year span where he was averaging twenty and ten, but he never made an All Star team. He was never on like one of these really good teams. He was just like. A guy that just did his thing, got twenty ten every night, and uh, just it never just came together for him. Uh, I still, I think Aiton can still. I mean, he's gonna score on. <laughs> heck, I mean, you put like Kelly Olynyk on him, the guy's not gonna. <laughs> he's gonna score I, every yeah. single time. I think it would just take an injury. It would take like a Greg Oden type like injury or something like that for him not to succeed. Uh, and I think the I think the wrong system I think can be bad for him too. You got the wrong guys around him. If you, you don't sh- surround him with some shooting, like I think if he goes to Sacramento, I feel like he could the Al Jefferson 
you know, like the Al Jefferson timeline for him could could pan out. Um, I don't know. I think he's too talented. I don't. I think he's he's one of the he's like he's one of the only guys to where I think there's a preference for sure. Like what we was talking about, the people will put around him, but. I think no matter what system you put him in, he's going to get his points and he's going to get his rebounds. Yeah, like Al Jefferson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the uh, future role for him, I mean, he's your offensive focal point. I mean, oh, even... wait, are we past NBA comps? Did you pass that? Oh, we, we. I thought we did them. We combined them. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. I say Cousins, and you know I always like to throw an old name in there, okay. Bob Lanier. Interesting. Better, better version of Bob Lanier, but I like to throw an older guy in there. Some I really wanted to compare him to Ewing, but Ewing was such a good defender coming out of college that yeah, shot blocker, yeah, huge shot blocker. I feel like I don't know, maybe if he was in a better system, if he was playing the five, we could be saying the same about Aiton as far as shot blocker because he still averaged almost two blocks a game. Like, yeah, you put him in the you put him in the right spot a couple more times, he could get he could get two more blocks per game. Him and Bagley both, you just kind of like, what the crap? I mean, even Jaron Jackson too, because they had a bunch of, you know, bigs at Michigan State. Yeah. Crap. Ja- Jackson couldn't even see the floor sometimes because of those bigs. Um, but yeah, it's just weird. College is weird when it with those systems. But you can just end yeah. it right with college is weird. Just end there. College is weird. College it, is even, college is weird. Even in non-sports, college is weird. <laughs> Future role for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, he's your offensive focal point. He, he changes the franchise. I mean, he is. He, you come in and immediately you build your franchise around him. Uh, we were talking yesterday when we had the Bagley profile. We were saying if Bagley comes in, uh, does he take over the face of the franchise from Dennis, like right away? Like where? How would that happen? For Bagley, it's probably probably not the first year, but he has a chance for sure the second and third year. Aiton, he comes in and immediately he's. He's your guy. Well, and and it's also we'll talk about the mass fit in a second. It's also what type of system you have and whether you have to reinvent your system or not. Yeah. In Dallas, they they would have to reinvent the system. Yeah. They would have to form a different system to focus on DeAndre Ayton. Mobamba just comes in, fits right in. Yeah. You know, Ayton really you could ask Aiton to do that, but are you using all of Aiton's skills? That what is yeah. what I would argue Aiton you're Aiton. using the exact wrong skills that he has. Yeah, so know? it's like, so that's the thing of his future role. He needs to go to a, a place that is going to build their system around it. With Phoenix, if they are like, hey, brand new, brand new coach, let's let him build the system around it. Cool. If it's Sacramento and they're like, you know what, we want to go back to running this system we ran with like Boogie or something like that, whatever floats your boat. Like, <laughs> it's just it needs to be that compared to asking him to be a just a rim runner, and nobody's going to take him just to be that. But so my my question, to you, uh, what type of four should he? Yeah, that's a good question. Is it is it Larry Markinen or is it Jabari Parker? Like, see those di- different types. Which which one does he need the most? Man, I, I don't be, I don't feel like either of those. You'd love to have, or re- like I know, I'm thinking like a Jeremy or like a Jeremy Grant instead of Parker. Yeah, some like a this is this is a bad one, but you would love to have like a Draymond next to him, <laughs> where a guy that can kind of make some plays and he can defend some fives, he can switch, he can he just defends really well, covers up a lot of mistakes. Like a guy like that. I mean, see, there's I only one. Somebody more. I would. <laughs> I would want. See, I like Draymond, but I would want a. Uh, 
I want a better shooter than Draymond because the moment Draymond gets out there, like he can hit the three, but the moment Draymond's out there, they're going they're going to double team DeAndre and say shoot at Draymond. For me, I lean more towards the marking and I want four really good shooters around Aiden because Aiden's main strength is get him working in the paint, stretch it out, stretch the defense out, put four corners around him, and let him go to work in the paint. The moment you run somebody like a Roberson or I mean, even somebody that's just a, low, a lower three-point shooter and like somebody like Draymond Green, they're going to help and just say, hey, we would rather Draymond take a three than DeAndre abuse whoever's in the post. Okay, how about this guy? How about like a Thaddeus Young? He's a guy that can he can cover up some stuff defensively and he shoots fairly well from three. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. I like that how about, for sure. How about a guy like that? Somebody that can, and, and, and Thad Young can like pressure ball funneled to the middle. There, there's just, you know... Aiden, I'm confident that Aiden will get his points and stuff, but there there is a certain type of work that you're going to have to do for it to maximize him. As far as I think Luca is more of a put him in any type of system and he can work easier. I think there's a couple other guys like, and I'm not saying like. I wouldn't say go all the way and say Aiton's in the Bamba category that I think Bamba needs a system the most. Like I asked Bobby Corrales, and you're going to see on Thursday or Friday, what's the player in the top 10 that needs a certain system the most to hit his full potential? And like I said, Bamba, Bamba needs a certain type of system to hit his potential. I don't think Aiton's all the way in that that end of the spectrum, but I don't think he's all the way on the other one either because I think he does need a couple of those things of – four shooters around him, the funnel defense making him the anchor, asking him not to switch all the time, stuff like that. So that's, yeah. I know that's not really future role. I just went down a little road. For <laughs> but it is, it's, it is sort of his role. His role is you have to – he is a player that's good enough that you change your system around, you change your personnel around to maximize what he does best. Yeah, and Phoenix isn't – at a place to where they should not take him. Like they're at a place to where they should take him and, and build around him. Like Booker's great, but I'm not saying he, and I'm not saying he's, he should be like, which I mean, I guess that could be a conversation who should be valued more him or Booker, but like Booker fits with him. Josh Jackson, if Josh Jackson can hit a three and see like, that's the thing. Like I don't go down the whole Phoenix route, but like Bender, I think that's a good fit at the that, four next Yeah, year. if Bender can can show up, <laughs> that, yeah. that's like a if great Bender and Jackson area. can hit the three at a consistent rate, that's solid. Unless you have Alfred Payton back, who can't hit a barn with a beach ball. Yeah, the thing about putting Bender and, and Aiton out there is that's that's now two options you have to try and switch a pick and roll to <laughs> to just abuse those yeah. two guys over and over again in space. Bring the zone to the NBA. <laughs> they would do like a three-two zone. <laughs> yeah, they'd try something. Guys. Something weird. Uh, okay, future role. We talked about that roster impact. If you're the Mavs, uh, you got to get rid of some centers. Whereas Bagley, we were talking about maybe some of these guys would be gone for sure. With Aiton, you're, you're like, yeah. your measures are gone. Your you know Nerlens Wells for sure gone, which he is anyway. But uh, like. What are you okay? You he, would be challenged for somebody else, like even a Motley. That would be, I mean, you'd still have him on the roster, but you probably wouldn't get the time you'd think you would. Because, like, it's like you said with Bagley Bagley's a four that can play the five, Aiden is a five. I see and, Motley, the Motley Aiden thing. 
I see him. I see that as like a Dennis Smith Jr. Yogi Ferrell combo. Whereas like, if oh, that, I don't. I don't like Molly if, Ford at all. If that pa- no, this is why. If that pairing is happening, something very wrong has happened to your season. This <laughs> is <laughs> okay. I see that. <laughs> like, if we start seeing those two playing together, you're like, damn, we're like really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's like okay, so. I think, you know, if they – and we're doing this pod on the eight, and we realize he's probably not going to be there. Yeah. And he's not going to be there at five. This is only in the case that, for some reason, Dallas moved up. But, like, you know, Dirk would really struggle playing with him. Yeah, um, that'd be tough. And figuring the whole, that whole thing out. But then you got You Dwight could do Powell. it, but you're not going to be that good. I mean, for a few minutes. Um, <laughs> I, mean, then you, then you have, I mean, then you have, like, Dwight Powell. <laughs> Powell could play with Powell him. Powell could play with him, yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, then you're just figuring out the rest of them, like Maxi. Then you're just really gauging. Maxi, how many... I think would be good with them. I think that that's a good combo. Yeah, yeah. I think you're just gauging the rest of them at that point. How many how many guys can play the four? What do you think about and, a Dorian Finney-Smith eight in front court combo? That's interesting to me. I get against some lineups, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all not optimal, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Second round pick pairing, uh, guy that any can, wing, <laughs> any single wing, anybody that can hit a three. Can you hit a three, Riley Alkins? Can you hit a three, uh, yep. Akoji? Can you hit a three, Shake Milton? Can you hit a three now? Thank you. I'm out on Shake Milton. That's okay. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still shaking and baking over here. Still shake and bake. Um, yeah, I, I, any wing in this in the second round, and if we want to put this in this uh, category as far as free agent impact. Um, any of those, like if you got eight and any of those fours, I think, well, okay. I don't know about Randall with eight. Julius Randall would be a little different, but then you're looking at like Aaron Gordon, Jabari. Uh, you'd obviously not chase any of the bigs at that point is in Boogie and Capella and <laughs> Boogie and Aiden. Let's, let's go. The guy, from, just... the guy from LA. I don't like talking about him. Um, any of those three guys. The guy from yeah. L.A., Paul George? Clippers, center. You you don't want to say Brooke Lopez's name? I said the Clippers center. I don't oh, want to okay. talk about You him. said the guy from L.A. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, my bad. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I think – We, I we, think we if, call him the center who shall not be named. The center who shall not be named. If you get a five in the draft, whether it's Bamba, whether it's Aiton, whether if you view Jaron Jackson a five – you really the door's wide open for free agency at that point because a lot of these guys that Dallas could chase could be these restricted fours, whatever it is. So, yeah, wide open second pick, wide open in free agency if you get a five. Yeah, yeah, any of those guys, like Isaac said, you're out on the fives. But then uh, Jabari would be nice with them. Aaron Gordon, I think, could find a good place as a four next to next to uh, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, yeah, any of those guys would be, would be good. Maybe not Derek Favors. At that point, you're kind of like, ah. Eh, no, no, not know. Derek Favors. No, I'm out on Favors playing the four at all, <laughs> ever, in any point in his career. <laughs> Such strong takes from Isaac today. <laughs> Stats and strong takes. What are we getting today? <laughs> all right, Isaac, let's finish with this. Why should the Mavs take him? Uh, because if he's at five, then something <laughs> crazy has happened to the top Actually, teams. if he's at five... You might not want him because there might be something drastically wrong with him. I saw a meme. I think it was on uh, the Bucks Reddit today, or it was yesterday, 
where it was eight. It was like, this is how we get Mo Bamba to the Bucks. And he was wearing a gas mask that uh, <laughs> the NFL player. Oh, dang it. What's his name? Uh, oh, the offensive lineman that went to the Dolphins that uh, that was wearing Pal- the gas mask. No, he was wearing the gas mask. Somebody's yelling it into their pod, into their uh, phone right now. Um, he was wearing the gas mask. Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil oh, okay. was wearing that gas mask, uh, smoking marijuana. You know, dirt like that video came out during the draft. They were like, yeah, "This is the yeah. only way. This is the only way the Bucks can get Bamba." That's the same way for the Mavs with uh, Aiton. <laughs> He's wearing the gas mask, smoking marijuana on video, and it's a live stream on his on his Instagram. Then that's the on only draft way night. that, <laughs> yeah, on draft. in the green room. He's in the green room <laughs> with Adam Silver. Adam Silver's taking a hit. He's taking a go to Bahamas, and he's got the new gambling app uh, on his phone, oh FanDuel, whatever, and he's, he's putting some he money already, down. He already put hundred k down. Um, yeah, I mean, why why the Mavs should? I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously you take him. He's a cornerstone center. Um. You pair him with Dennis, and you're just like, holy crap. Like, I mean, that's yeah. crazy. Possibilities. Um, this yeah, is- and it's kind of what Sacramento is thinking, too, if they're really, really high on Fox still and saying, hey, we get a big that can take pressure off our point guard and pair him with Fox for the next eight to ten years, hopefully. Yeah. One thing that I wrote in the, the profile for Aiden is one question that might arise is how the Mavs could formulate a cohesive offense uh, with – Heavy isolation players in Aiton, Dennis Smith Jr., and Harrison Barnes. That, but that's a super fun challenge and a fun problem to have. <laughs> I think that that's one of the reasons why you take the guy. Like, now all of a sudden we have three guys that can get us a bucket, uh, maybe at at any point eventually in their careers. And so that that makes that's a super fun challenge. I think that would be that's definitely a reason you take him. And that's the challenge for why the Mavs shouldn't is yeah. are you willing to overhaul your whole offense? Yeah. Mavs basketball would that's look completely point. different than what it would look like. And are you ready for that? Or do are you so set on your system? Is Mo Bamba so far down on your personal big board if you're Dallas and you're sitting there saying Mo Bamba or Aiden? And most people are saying, oh my gosh, Aiden's the best overall prospect, oh, blah, 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 blah. But if you find a team like Dallas, if they are, I'm not saying they are, if they are so sold on their system and on Rick Carlisle running this offensive system that they're running now, and they want to find a center that is a rim-rolling, Capella type of guy, and they think that will help maximize Dennis, they think that's the best offense, that, that or that's the best kind of center you can have in today's game. If that's the case, then... And, and you, if they don't have Bamba that far beneath an Aiden, that's why I pitched it a, a month ago. That's saying, you know what? If Dallas landed a top two or three pick, it would not shock me if they took like Bamba over Aiden because that, that would mean they would believe a little bit more in their system instead of overhauling a whole offensive system. If you ask me what would you do, I think it's very difficult. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's hard to think about because you've been – You've been drafting and you have been paying people. You know, you paid Barnes, you've been developing Barnes, you drafted Dennis and stuff to fit a certain type of system. Are those guys, can you fit those guys into a new offense to where you centered around a post player? And then it's, I mean, you don't want to hear this, but we got to say it. Could Aiden play in that Golden State Houston game tonight? Ooh, 
Probably not, but not many NBA players could. Oh, I think a lot of NBA players could. Not bigs. Yeah, but somebody somebody posted this in the uh, in the Mavs Reddit today during the game. They're like, the more I watch this game, the more I think that the Mavs should not draft Bamba. Well, the Mavs are nowhere close to the conversation that we're having that they should be in this game. So that's not to me. It's not a good enough reason to not take a guy like this. I think Bamba could play in that game more than Aiden. That's my opinion. I mean, who's who's stopping Aiden from scoring at the basket in that game though? Yeah, and you know what it kind of goes down to? It goes down to the All-Star game, and not that you want to take a ton away from the All-Star game, but those last like two or three minutes when it was super competitive and Embiid was in the game. That was one of our big takeaways we talked about. Bill Simmons talked about it in his pocket. It's like, holy crap, Like Embiid stood his ground in that. And like that gave hope to all big men in all the world <laughs> that, holy crap, that he could stay on the floor. But, you know, could... And if a team like the Mavs or whoever is not convinced and they're like, man, I think in the long run, maybe he could now a little bit, but get eight years on his knees, get 10 years down the road, or you know, just say eight years, get, is he going to be like able to hold his ground at all on switches? You have to ask yourself with that with Biggs. Can they, can they at least hedge and at least make some type of impact? If they're going to be a Zaza or something like that, I mean, it's just, you're, whew, I mean, pros and cons. Wait, is it is it worth, you know, what holds the most weight? So Yeah. Kavon Looney was playing in the game, so. Yeah, yeah. He's looked okay. He surprised me some. Yeah. So, and, and that goes down to the question I asked earlier in the podcast, can you win a title with DeMarcus Cousins as, like, your Oof. five? And that that's what you got to ask yourself that question if that's the route you want to go. That I is, think it's worth the risk. I, I personally think, like, I don't, I think you do. I think you, you, you go for it. I don't, yeah. But that will be a great question for a future podcast. I'm excited. As soon as the Mavs signed DeMarcus Cousins, that'll be the title of our first podcast after the Mavs signed Boogie is Can the Mavs win a title with Boogie as their best player? Hey, Dirk Nowitzki liked his, his Twitter. Uh-huh. I I, I liked it there. as well, Dominique Wilkins. Yeah, I retweeted the dang thing. You know me, I'm pro boogie man. I'm Dallas signing. I'm okay. Retweeted the dang thing. Look at this. Right. You sound like you're like a southern gentleman, like sitting on his porch drinking lemonade and drinking my lemonade, smoking my cigar. I retweeted the dang thing. I watched the traffic go by yesterday. Smoke my backer. <laughs> oh man, chew the backer, chew the backer, chew the backer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's off the rails guys thank you so much for listening this far to locked on maps again thank you to everybody listened yesterday it was the most listened to day in locked on maps history that we know of and we just like to uh to invite you to join us back for thursday and friday when isaac is talking to bobby Kerala, the bk brawler from uh from maps.com your co-worker yeah man we talk about a lot of different stuff talk about the draft Mavs stories nba it's fun. Mavs fans will, will enjoy it for sure. And shout out to everybody all over the world that is uh that is listening right now. Isaac, should I go ahead and read out the uh Give me the top ten. You want me to give you the top ten? Here's the top ten right here. Number one, this is non USA countries, the the top countries that listen to Locked On Mavs. Number one, Germany. No way. That was, yeah, that was a shocker. That was a pretty easy one. Uh, number two, because Aust- of Maxi, of course. Number two, Australia. Bogut fans, let's go. There, there you go. Good, get on that one. Uh, number three, the Philippines. 
Nice. Interested in that one. Uh, number four, United Kingdom. Uh, okay, getting over, okay. getting over the royal wedding. Gotta listen to something when you're. you're what's up, your, what's up, Megan? All your content is gone. Uh, Harry, Megan Markle. I heard she's a giant Mavericks fan. Really? Number five, Trinidad and Tobago. I'm not, I don't know them. They always show up in this. Uh, if you're, if you, if you live there, please tweet it. Yeah, yeah. I would love. Okay, tweet. Facebook me or email me. Uh, I would like to know because I've been a true. I love how you have all of your social media open. It's open. Go for it. Like I have everything, every other thing besides Twitter, like private. Everything you do can only make me stronger. (laughs) (laughs) Number six, Canada. Dwight Powell fans out there. Let's go Canada. Number seven, Mexico. Uh-oh. Mavs played in Mexico, was it last Shea, year? Dirk Dunk, Shea, remember Shea that? Toronto. Oh, yeah. Phoenix Number in. eight, Spain. Spain. Espanol. Number nine, China. Come on, China. Let's Come on, China. Come on, Ding fans. Yeah, where the... Did, hey, I heard a report the other day that Ding is already signed to be in Mavs training camp next year. Wow, a report? <laughs> was it an exclusive report? It was, an, it was not only an exclusive, it was an exclusive, exclusive report. It w- oh, I didn't know it was a double one. And number 10, Isaac Harris. The country Uh-oh. that you love. A country that you visited this year. I'm, disapp- I'm disappointed in this. Brazil. That's probably like all my wife's family. <laughs> no, actually, there's actually one guy. Uh, his name's Chiago. That uh, oh, yeah. tweets at me and stuff. And you know what? I'll tell, you, I'll tell Chiago on this podcast. That is going to be the middle name of my boy. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Roman Chiago Harris. Wow. Because we want I mean, my wife and I, we want a uh, a Brazilian name for each of our kids, first or middle. So Roman is obviously leaning towards English. Um, so Chiago is going to be his middle name. Wow, 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 wow! I, we are blessed to have that information. Have you even told like your family this yet? Uh, I don't know. We're going home this weekend. We're driving twelve hours on Thursday to, for a baby shower on Memorial Day weekend in Kentucky. How does so a baby take a shower? It's not even born yet. I know. You just got to get the... What a stupid you know, name for an event. <laughs> baby shower. It's a great you event, know, but what a stupid you know, some, name for a good event. Something we haven't really thought through yet that we just kind of talked about today. How do We're babies take, take showers? How how are babies made? No, <laughs> uh, not, not, not now. Not now, we're, Isaac. We're taking another couple with us. We're taking another couple with us to Kentucky, and we just thought about it. We're like, well, crap. Where are we going to put all of our baby shower stuff? <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. Are, how are we going to bring it back? Um, so, yeah, we'll have to figure that out. You got to rent the car. You got to rent the extended cab. We're going to be, like, piling it on top like the Griswolds. Or, yeah, you could get one of those those car top carriers. We used to have one of those growing up. Throw your suitcases up there. Sweet. I might have to try that. Yeah. All right, guys. There you go. We saved our random stuff for the end. How about that? <laughs> we did. If you made it this far, Mark Cuban, shout out. Hey, you know, he, he uh, Nick, had, Nick said something about Cuban um, being a loyal listener. And, you know, Cuban had retweeted a, a tweet today saying that if you're not listening to Locked on Maps every morning for their draft coverage, then, like, you're missing out and stuff. And,. So yeah, that was pretty cool. That that makes me think know? lots of things. It makes me wonder if he listens, and if he does, 
Cuban's listening to Lockdown Maps right now as I'm, he's driving into the offices yo, and all that stuff. No, he's on the stairmaster. You gotta know he's, he's on the stairmaster. <laughs> one more stair. One more stair. One <laughs> more stair. One more stair. You got this. <laughs> you can do this, Cuban. <laughs> but anyway. Work for those billions. <laughs> Work for the billions. And hire me for something. <laughs> <laughs> My DMs are open. Like Isaac said, all my social media is open. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. We really appreciate it. Again, most listened to day yesterday. We're really proud of it. We're really, I'm really proud of what this podcast has turned into. Get people all the time that are like, man, the conversation you guys, you and Isaac have is just it's very good. You guys have good chemistry. So shout out to it's us. M- Nick, it's May 22nd. <laughs> when is wow. the, where, when is the, the full entire year? May 31st, our first day on Lockdown. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming a full up. year. It's wild. It's oh yeah. We'll yeah. We'll talk about it then. We are excited. All right. I've tried to end this podcast eight times. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. <laughs> Peace out. Boom.